The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Last, last week, uh, we left with uh, kind of two kind of challenges for you. One is, for those of you that are walking through difficulties right now, for those of you that are struggling in the midst of uh, suffering or uh, just going through an ordeal or a struggle, um, it was to remind yourselves that God is working in it, that God is in the midst of it, that God can use that circumstance, even use that trial as a transportation vehicle to bring you to fulfill your destiny, to walk in your uh, God's calling for your life. The other thing we did was that uh, we spoke about God reminding us of the dreams he has for our lives afresh. In the story of Joseph, when it gets to the end and he meets his brothers in Egypt, having been through all that ordeal, it says at that point, when he sees his brothers, is that he remembered the dreams he had when he was a child. And we went away last week and I I said, may God remind you of the dreams he has for your life. May God remind you of things that perhaps your difficulties or circumstances have caused you to forget. Maybe he reminds you of the things that, um, that he spoke to you right at the beginning of your walk with him or even in your childhood during those, that time of innocence and exploring and finding out about the world. I believe God reveals himself to children and he reveals his dreams for children at that time as well. And perhaps those things have been forgotten. Perhaps those things have been left behind Our prayer was that God would speak again, that God would remind you, that God would uh, reveal again some of the purposes for which he made you. For Joseph, as his life spiralled into uh, greater suffering, as he went through the betrayal of his family, as he was thrown into a cistern and then sold into slavery, when he was accused for things he did not do, and he was imprisoned without trial, when he was forgotten in that jail, he could have thought that his life was only uh, getting worse and worse, spiralling into deeper despair and brokenness. But God had a different plan. God was working in the midst of it. God was drawing him closer and closer to his destiny. For me this week, uh, as I've been contemplating a lot of this, Sometimes it's only when you preach a word that it begins to kind of like settle in your heart and you think, what's God saying to me in the midst of all of this? If there's one thing, it's that I'm encouraged to believe again that for God nothing is impossible. I'm encouraged to believe again that if God could bring Joseph through all that he endured to a place where he was able to successfully save his family, impact his nation, even impact the nations around him, surely God can do it for us. For me, I'm trusting afresh that even in the midst of frustrations, in the midst of falling down, failing, making mistakes, 
I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to stay down, but I'm going to get up and keep pursuing God's purposes. It may not be as uh, dramatic as Joseph. It may not be that you're literally in prison. Clearly you're not. You're here. But there are all sorts of things uh, oppressing us, coming against us, causing us to to want to despair, to want to give up the things that perhaps we've uh, desired to do, want to settle for something less than for what God has for your life. God, God's call for you is much more than we could ask or imagine. God's call for your life is bigger than we can see sometimes with our human minds. We need to ask God to give us his eyes to see. The challenge from last week was for us to dare to dream again, to ask God for the impossible. And I believe that for me, that God's been awakening that afresh in my heart. I think it helps. Um, It was my birthday at the beginning of the week. And whenever you come to those kind of like life-changing, or not not life-changing, but just kind of like you step over (laughs) another line, another threshold, it's another age. And it, it makes you think and kind of reassess, where am I? Where am I headed? What am I doing with my life? What do I want to achieve? What's the next year going to bring? What am I going to do with my 35th year? I'm 34. 35th year to come. Well, how am I going to live that out? God's purpose in this year. What's going to be different to last year? All those things come, I think, at birthdays. And I think that's a good thing to do. I think that's an important thing to do. So last week, uh, we, uh, uh, the, the sermon was titled, God Designs for Good. And uh, Yomi mentioned the verse right at the beginning of the service, if you're here, that God, in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Today, uh, our message is God designs for destiny. We're going to be looking at how God designed you specifically. We're going to be looking at how God designs within the mess. He works through and coordinates through our uh, lives, our journeys, leading us through to enable us to walk in destiny. Um, But we're going to go back to Psalm 105. This is our mini shortened version of Joseph's story that we read last week. We're going to read it again. Psalm 105, verse 16. He called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. Let's just take a moment to pray um, before we kind of kick in uh, to the message this morning. Take a moment. Just fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon him. Ask him to speak to you this day. Ask him to reveal something fresh, something new for you this morning. I believe that he wants to do something 
for each and every one of us. Father, we welcome your presence. Lord, we have come to meet with you. Lord, we desire for more. Lord, we desire that in the midst of our circumstances, even today, you bring hope, fresh hope. You bring encouragement. Lord, you uh, increase our faith. Lord, you even speak directly into our circumstances. This morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Psalm 105, you see that uh, God is over the bigger picture. He sees beyond the immediate situation that, uh, that Israel faced, whether it was Joseph himself in the midst of uh, his slavery, or whether it was uh, later when the famine came, he saw beyond the fact that uh, a famine was going to come to Israel, and his purposes were beyond that. His purposes were that Israel would be made a great nation in Egypt, and he was uh, transporting them to Egypt through this circumstance, through this situation. God sent Joseph ahead, and Joseph was there at the right time to deliver Israel, but also he's there, and the favor that was upon Joseph's life meant that when uh, the, the, uh, his family came, they were greeted, they were given the best land, they were looked after, and it was all part of God's purposes being worked together. And we can see how God is working generation after generation. His plans are coming to pass. Sometimes when we look at what's happening today and we don't understand and we think, God, why are we moving in this direction? We can take heart that God is working in generation to generation, from family to family, and his purposes are being worked out. For Joseph's life, day to day, year to year, God was working, and at the right time, he called him out of the prison gates and into the uh, Pharaoh's throne room, and he was given responsibility. For me, as I said earlier, like I, I'm not going to despair in the midst of my daily trial or a weekly, uh, perhaps, difficulty. Something comes. I'm not going to despair in the midst of that because I know that God is working in it and through it. I'm not going to despair at the circumstances of our nation. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to cry out for his justice, his mercy upon our land. But I'm not going to despair because God is in the midst of it. God is in control. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray God's kingdom come, God's will be done. It's very easy for us to look at politics, to look at uh, what's happening in our communities, to look at what's happening in the education system, to look what's going on and to feel despair, to feel like there's no answer for our nation. But for me, let's begin to trust God again. If we look at the story of Israel, how he brought them through suffering, how they brought them through brokenness into a place, into the promised land, we can believe God for our land. We can believe God for our nation. The first point uh, for this morning, for our message today, is this. Uh, God's dream, not ours. God's dream, not ours. Um, if you're on social media, if you follow the Bromley Town Church accounts, you'll have noticed that uh, this week we've been doing uh, uh, something to help people, six ways to use your commute better to grow your faith. 
And uh, it's involved some quite simple things like read scripture. It's involved uh, things like listen to worship music or listen to podcasts. Um, all the messages that we preach here uh, are available for you to listen to again. Or if you've missed a week, you can listen to it online. All of that to try and encourage people. One of the things we had down there was memorize scripture. And, uh, and perhaps how you could use your commute as a time to try and memorize scripture. We came across a little tool that John Piper uses, and it's to uh, read it ten times, speak it ten times, and then write it down twice. Uh, So we've been trialing this uh, in the office this week, uh, and uh, the first verse I want to read this morning is one that I've sought to memorize, okay? Now the pressure's on. I'm going to see how I get on. So it's Jeremiah 1. Oh, I can't look it. (laughs) Jeremiah 1. Verse 5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Amen. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I'm hoping it's going to store in the long-term memory rather than the short. Uh, but it seems to work. I encourage you to give that a try uh, this week. Um, this verse I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. It's extraordinary. It's amazing that God knew you before creation. He knows you. I mean, I don't know how to kind of take that on board. He knew knew you as you were being formed in your mother's womb bit by bit, part by by part. And he calls and appoints us to do specific things. For Jeremiah, it was that he was to be a prophet to the nations, God's prophet to the nations. But I believe it's true for each and every one of us that God knows us even before you were made, you were created. God, uh, he, he calls us and sets us apart for specific things, for specific functions. He appoints us to do specific works, and those works always impact the people around us. For, for Jeremiah, it was that he was to be a prophet to the nations. Last week, just towards the end, I, I said briefly that if you're struggling with why God's made me, if you're struggling with, well, I don't think God has a, a dream for my life, Uh, If you're struggling with that, always go back to the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment to love God with all of your heart. To love your neighbor as yourself. You can't go wrong with that. And it's a commandment that comes from God, from his word for each and every one of us. And the great commission to go and to make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. These two things, these two uh, things that come from God, uh, our, uh, God's dream for us, God's destiny given to us, always relates to those things. It may be that you're called to be a musician, but it always connects to the need to worship God, to love God, and to love your neighbor. You don't depart from that. As, as people called by God, we're, um, a, a good thing to always remind ourselves is what I'm doing, it connects to that. And it doesn't matter where you work in the secular world, where you work, what industry, 
you can always remind yourself, um, God has called me to, to love him, to love my neighbor, and to make disciples where I am. I believe every Christian business, every church, every organization, every individual should be the same in that, it, that, that call from God, that command and that commission is for us all. We talked last week about how everything created by God has destiny in it. That's for us, but it's also for everything else he made. I was thinking, I had some revelation kind of the other week. I was just thinking about how God made the stars. And, you know, why did he make the stars? For what purpose? Um, you know, the, the, perhaps the thing we jump to is say, well, you know, it reveals God's glory. You look up into the, the night sky. You see uh, that the, the beauty, uh, the wonder of God in all creation. And, you know, as... Uh, Scientists explore the size of the universe. We begin to see it's that much bigger, that much greater. Uh, and even now, it continues to get bigger than we can perhaps conceive. Um, but I was also thinking about the other time that stars come into Scripture. And it's when God is speaking to Abraham, and he says to Abraham, your descendants will uh, outnumber the stars. And I thought, did God make the stars just to give Abraham the picture? of what he wanted to do with his life. Is that the, is that, that the destiny of stars was so God could speak to Abraham and simply say, something easy for Abraham to look at, something easy to lift his head and see how many and to believe God for the destiny for his life. I believe God uses all that he has created to fulfill his purposes. Everything has destiny tied to it. I believe it true for the stars as well. And before you were born, God knows the purpose for which you're made. His plans for you, the work he has for you, the future he's unfolding for you, the appointments, the God-given appointments with people and with their circumstances, they're all uh, worked out by God. In Jeremiah 29, says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. His plans for us are good. His plans for us lead to life. His dream for you is to do more than perhaps you're doing right now, is to go further. And uh, his plans always bring about hope, bring about a good future, um, and we can trust him in that, even in the midst of our struggle. We trust in that God's plans are being worked together. We talked about generation to generation. Christ is coming back again. We believe that. We know that. And so therefore, we have hope that justice is going to come, that God's glory is going to be revealed. Scripture says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is going to happen. But I believe it in the midst of our lives, from where you are now to when you go to be with the Lord, whether Christ comes in your lifetime or not, he has plans for you here upon the earth that are good. Joseph was someone who was uh, entitled a dreamer. Um, and one of the issues he had was that 
you know, his brothers didn't think the dreams were uh, of God. Uh, of God, they thought they were of man. And it's the thing: if God made us, if God put us together, if God molds us, He molds us for uh, specific functions, for specific things. It says in Scripture that uh, God, He is the potter, and we are the clay, and He works on us. And this is both, I think, before we were made. And during our lives as well, as he uses situations to mould us, to shape us. There's that thing, sometimes we think, God, why isn't my situation changing? And all the while, he's busy trying to change our heart through that situation. So the prayer is like, God, may my heart be in the right place for us to move forward and to come through this situation. But it's the thing, if God made us, if God formed us, for specific functions. We don't choose what we are to be. It's up to God, right? You know, if we just take the analogy of a a potter, you might be like, well, I want to be a vase uh, because I like flowers. But God has not made you to be that. He's made you to be a bowl for food. You know, um, we we don't, and bowls tend not to work with flowers. Um, But that's, That's how it is. God created you for a function, and we need to submit to God and allow him to uh, bring us through to to operate as we are called. We worship a God um, who created all things. We don't worship uh, his created things. So there's this issue. When we want to be what we desire, we're coming against what God created us for. And what God created us for is always connected to why we're here. We live in a generation, I believe, where uh, people are choosing their identity, their gender, their sexuality, based upon feelings, based upon personal preferences, based upon something happening inside. But it's God who creates. It's God who forms for specific function for specific works. And when he created you, he designed you on purpose. So we, as God's people, need to go to the creator, run to him and ask him, God, for what purpose did you make me? You were God's dream, and he has dreams for your life. And what are the sum of man's dreams? I don't know. When it comes to the, 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 the simple desires of men and women, it's not normally the same as God's desires. Most of the time is, I want to do the things that I want to do. I want the freedom to live how I want to live. I want to, uh, to be able to live how I want and not worry about what anyone else says, uh, says about me. Without God, people aspire for things, for earthly pleasures, for earthly possessions. And all the while, the only one who can bring us true pleasure, the only one who can meet our greatest need, the only one who can give us what we need is Jesus Christ. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is uh, John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life. 
life to the full. And always wrestling with this thing of like, what is the life that, we're, uh, that Jesus wants to give us? What does that look like? How do we walk in it? Well, I believe it's connected to walking in destiny, walking with Christ. It's walking in the dreams that God has for us. In Ephesians 3.20, it says of uh, what God can do. It says, now glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we could ever ask, dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely more beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts or hopes. If you're struggling, if you're wrestling with the, well, why did God create me? I don't know what I'm here for. For what purpose? Am I walking through this struggle? We need to ask God to give us his dreams for our lives. For Joseph, it was God's dream to bring him um, to that place where his family were to kneel before him. It was a difficult dream for the family to hear, but it was God's purpose, and God reminded Joseph of it when he was walking in his destiny. For you, we need to to ask God, speak to me, speak to me, because I don't want to live my dream for my life. I want to live your dream. Your dream leads to fullness of life. Your dream leads to freedom. Your dream leads to me being an impact uh, to my family, to my nation. Your dream enables me to live a life worth living. The second point this morning is uh, die to your dreams. In Genesis 37, this is right at the beginning of Joseph's life uh, when uh, when his brothers see him. They said, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. The brothers, as I said earlier, thought that his dreams were of man. They thought they were his dreams, not of God, and they were wrong on that front. But something happened to Joseph that perhaps was outside of his control, but puts him at an advantage for him to come through and to walk in his destiny, fulfill the call of God in his life. There's this thing of... um, that even from last week I've been kind of wrestling with. Um, Are we asking God to help us fulfill our destiny? Or are we just simply asking God to help us to walk in our destiny? Because, and we'll come to this later, because it's God who brings about the fulfillment of us who just walk trusting, walk believing, walk in destiny. Joseph's advantage is that this thing happened to him that led him to a place where he was no longer in control of his, of his destiny. But I believe he gave himself over to God. His advantage was that he was betrayed and sold into slavery. And you might think, well, that doesn't sound so good. Um, to his family, he was considered dead, that his life was over, and that his dreams died with him being sold into slavery. 
later in the story of Joseph in Genesis 42, there's the conversation between the brothers and Joseph, and they're sharing about the family. And it says, but they replied, your servants were 12 brothers, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. They're referring to Joseph. They're saying simply, uh, you know, Joseph, his life is over. Uh, his dreams are over. Uh, and, you know, from, from our perspective, he's dead. He's gone. And there's a pattern that I believe is necessary for us to walk in our destiny. There is uh, a formula for every one of us here this morning. And it's that of dying to self. It's that of surrendering my own control, uh, uh, my control, surrendering my, um, my dreams over to God and living for him. The stories of uh, perhaps uh, kind of Christians who've done extraordinary things, there's, a, there's many, I find, who, who got to that place where they couldn't get out of the situation they're in. There are people who are, you know, who are at that moment. I think of a, a missionary called uh, Samuel Morris. And uh, there was a moment where he was living in a tribe in, uh, in Africa and he had been captured, kidnapped, and literally was about to be killed. And in that moment, he cried out, not knowing God, but God, if you're there, I will live for you for the rest of my life. And there's that advantage. They got to that place of no return. They got to that place of, um, I am not living my life for me anymore. But if you save me, but if you make a way for me, I'll live my life for you. And I believe that's what happened to Joseph. For all intents and purposes, he'd come from a prosperous family. He'd come from a family where he was the favourite He'd come from a family where he was being given a double portion of the inheritance. He was loved, and uh, he, had, he had a great future um, walking in this dynasty of fathers. Um, but God had different plans, and it led him to, to giving up. Whether he wanted to or not, he had to give up all of what he had known. And he was walking uh, now a different kind of life. This sort of thing happened to Jeremiah, and in Jeremiah 17, verse 14, it says, O Lord, if you heal me, I'll be truly healed. If you save me, I'll be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. This is the place for us all to get to. This is the place for us all to find ourselves in. I don't know the way forward. I don't know the way ahead. I don't have the power or the ability to make what God wants for my life happen. It will only happen if I surrender to him. For Joseph, that deed was done. But there is a gospel truth in this. And it's how do we respond to the cross of Jesus Christ? How do we respond to what Jesus has done for each and every one of us? Jesus himself says... If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. How do we respond to the cross? Are we choosing to say, yes, Jesus, as you died for me, I will die with you. 
that struggle for control that takes a place in each of our lives of wanting to uh, make our own decisions and God saying, surrender it to me. Surrender control. Surrender your life. Give up your life and I will give you true life. Being crucified with Christ means laying down your personal dream and taking up God's dream for your life. Taking on his plan for your life and walking out his purpose. I believe that's what we were all created for. And if you want to live a life that brings about uh, impact, that uh, leads your family to knowing Christ, that uh, changes the world around you, brings in God's kingdom, there is a, a death to self that is necessary. And it's good for us, but it's even greater for the kingdom. It's even greater for God's purposes. God's purposes are achieved on earth when his people surrender to his will. What God desires to do in our generation through the church is determined by our willingness to say yes to him, our willingness to surrender to him, submit to him. So the third point this morning is about how you can live your destiny. I believe in the midst of Joseph's story, we can begin to touch on some of the things that he had to to go through that enabled him to overcome and to walk in his destiny, not just when he was raised to that position of power, but even in the midst of his suffering. Joseph, he overcame in that battle of the spirit and the flesh. He surrendered to the spirit and put to death the flesh. You see that in his situation with Potiphar's wife. You see that Potiphar's wife sought to sleep with him. Potiphar's wife wanted uh, them to have a relationship and he ran from her. You can, there's somehow he, uh, God was at work in him or you know, he'd surrendered his life to God that enabled him to run from temptation and to, to uh, live by the spirit and not by the lusts of the flesh. You see, also, when uh, Pharaoh encounters Joseph for the first time, he interprets the dream. And this, in Genesis 41, is what Pharaoh says. Can we find anyone else like this man, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. There's this thing that as we surrender, as we put to death the flesh, it enables the Spirit of God to take over. As we decrease, God increases in our lives. If we're filled with the flesh, if we're filled with human desires, if we're filled with lusts of the flesh, there's little space for the Spirit of God to break in and to take control. But as we die to the flesh, as we lay our lives down, the Spirit of God comes in. It says, you know, if we, um, I have been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. For Christ to live in us, there is a doing away with the old way of living. So this thing of, of walking in destiny, we can walk in destiny even through our trial and our struggle. Even at our lowest ebb, 
even when things are at their worst for us. And even today, you might be in a situation you're thinking, you know, I don't know the way out of this. I believe you can walk in destiny today. We won't necessarily see the fulfillment of it for years to come, but you can walk in destiny today. And that comes through the surrender and through the trust and the faith that we can have in God and his word. Our business is the surrender. Our business is the trust. Our business is to keep holding on to God and looking to him and not looking to fix things and work things out ourselves. And it's God who makes a way for us at the exact moment. It's God who determines the future of someone who surrendered to him. He has the authority and the power to change the circumstances in a moment of someone who surrendered to him. Remember, uh, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. Joseph had uh, interpreted his dream and said, remember me when you get out. But it was, it was a period of time between when he was raised to his position as cupbearer to Pharaoh before he remembered that Joseph uh, could interpret dreams. And that was according to God's purposes at the right time in the right moment. It is God who did the work. We're going to read Genesis 45, 4 to 8. And it's this, uh, this moment where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers of who he really is. And it's, it's uh, a wonderful moment of reconciliation. But also, um, you see Joseph's heart. He's simply saying, it is God who has done this. I haven't done this, but it is God who's done it. It says, this is Joseph. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager, manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. It was God who did it. It was God who made a way. It was God who opened those prison doors. It was God who raised him to that position as advisor to Pharaoh. And God can work uh, through circumstances and work in your life if you are surrendered to him. Our destinies, the destinies that God has for each of us, are his dreams for our lives coming to pass. That function, the work, the call upon your life taking place. And it's God who does that work. We can wrestle to try and make things happen, but it's actually, it's learning to trust. It's learning to wait. It's learning to be patient. It's learning to look to him and to wait upon him. As our God designs our situations, 
and works for the good of your life. He's seeking to bring you to that place of the fulfillment of your destiny. But the fulfillment is worked out by God and not by ourselves. When Joseph came to that place of fulfillment that God brought him into, he saved the lives of his whole family. He saved uh, many lives in the, the, the nation of Egypt as well. And it shaped the future of Israel as a nation as well. If you want to see a change in your family, if you want to see salvation come to your family, if you desire to see um, a change in the circumstances around uh, our nation and want to see God's purposes come to pass, he's looking for people who say, here I am, I will go. He's looking for people who say, not my will, but yours be done. He's looking for those of us who are willing to trust him and uh, enable him to make a way for us. This thing of dreaming is important because it's as we dream that we begin to see what the future might hold for us. So when there's that invitation for each of you to to dream again, for me to dream again of what my life could entail, it's elevating our hearts to God, it's looking to him and saying, God, you created me for a purpose bring that into to, to being, make it happen, and uh, help me run that race, persevere and press on to see it take place. I believe God always gives us insights to what he wants to do because he requires of us to keep running, to keep pressing, to keep trusting. I'm going to jump just briefly, Margaret, down to Romans 5. This, this series of Joseph enables us to believe that God works through the midst of our situations for purpose. Through suffering, through struggles, through trials, I believe God can lead us to that place of where we surrender our hearts to him. That true place of becoming a living sacrifice to God. And sometimes when you read Paul talk about suffering, you think, how, how has he come to this place where he seems to even enjoy it? What's happening there? What's going on? Here in Romans 5, verse 3, he says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God has a great hope for each of us and his desire is that we take that hope, let it penetrate us, let it live in us, let it come alive in us to believe that we were created for more to not settle for how our, our personal lives are, to not settle for how our family situations are today, to not settle for how our community 
and our nation is today, but to run after God's purposes. The only way ahead, the only way to advance is through, is through the cross and therefore it's through the surrender of our lives. The fast track, the key, the answer is die to self. It's lay down your life. It's give yourself to God's will. As we do that, God grants us this hope. God grants us, you know, the Holy Spirit pouring into our lives. He gives us eyes to see what he is doing and to trust that his plan for us is coming together. If you like to stand, we're going to just spend a, a short time seeking God, seeking his presence, asking God to move, asking God to speak to us afresh. One of the things I was preparing this, I felt that there'll be a number of us here who are wrestling with uh, wanting to maintain or hold on to control of your life when God is calling you to, to lay it down. There's no other answer. You will struggle all your life until you willingly uh, give yourself fully, completely. Uh, there's a pattern for all men and women of God who make an impact in this world and it's through the surrender. Some of us may need to ask God for forgiveness this morning because of running after personal dreams and ambitions when they need to be laid down and you need to invite God to fill your life with his dreams change your minds that you dream his dream for your life we're going to sing a song um, if, if already God is speaking and you want to you want to respond to him um, please do uh, Vasanth, Kevin they're around here at the front and they'll willingly pray with you if you've already feel God speaking feel welcome to come forward during this next song um, we'll spend some time in prayer uh, having sung this through.